So what what's the format here? Nimai Sundar and Vatsala are going to ask questions or I should speak something? Uh, I think you can start and then yeah. we may ask questions. Your perspective, your 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 take on this importance of the training, education, of how you traditional kind of uh, Okay. Ways. Well um I was just going to say to you, Goswami Maharaj, in the course of our conversation, my perspective on the world situation regarding the preaching of Krishna consciousness. Of course, there are so many different strands and so many people saying so many different things, but this intelligent design versus Darwinism, this has become a very big issue in America especially and in and in England and atheism strikes back mm. atheism has become strong mm. as a mm. result of this and now it's increasingly becoming that in America where people didn't dare to say that I'm an atheist now they're coming out and saying I'm an atheist now um, intelligent design makes sense mm. uh, Creation ad accidentum. <laughs> it, it just it, it's just an elaborate mistake or chance. It doesn't make any sense. So scientifically, the theistic position is going to come to the fore within the next generation, in, 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 um, which is going to massively affect human society as Darwinism massively affected human society. So anti-Darwinism is also going to massively affect human society, the whole way people look at the world. Uh, but then what happens if you're going to fall back on, if you say, okay, we have to believe in God, and then you go back to the biblical or Abrahamic notions of God. I think one reason the, the atheistic party is so tenaciously against religion is because of... They don't know anything about... Well, the, the, what, what goes on as religion, if you have to go back to believing in Noah's Ark, Adam and Eve, the, the world was created in six days and then God felt tired and he went to sleep or something... Uh, and the, the biblical uh, and the whole pack, all, the whole package that comes with Christianity in mm -hmm. particular is, is one of uh, barbarism. Actually, the, the whole history of Christianity is is uh, it's a horrible history. So, I, I, and there's so many theological problems which I, as a child, I raised in Christianity. I the questions like. Well, the question of evil is not mm. at all solved in in uh, Abrahamic religions, and the, the whole thing that only this is the only way. Jesus is the only way. So, then what about people before Jesus? What about people who never had any chance to hear about Jesus? And in, in Catholic theology, they made up notions of limbo and purgatory, which in uh, the whole uh, the whole idea that God got killed, they killed him. Jesus is God and they killed him. I mean, it's just mm. such a very poor theology that what's going to happen, as I see it, it's highly likely it's going to happen, is that 
people are going to set, set intelligent design, they're going to probably be forced to by, by science. But, uh, they're not going to accept the, at least more thinking people are not going to accept these crude religions which have barbarized the Western world for the last 2,000 years. And we have, look at the first verse of Srimad Bhagavatam. That in itself is, is far more profound than everything Christianity, Islam and Judaism have put together. Plus, the, the effect of the widespread distribution of Prabhupada's books is that gradually people are accepting reincarnation, which also makes sense. I mean, that, as a child also, I could understand that, that, well, if, if there's God, okay, so he doesn't just send us to hell, but he gives you, you uh, one chance. chance, that's it. You either miss or hit or miss, and if you miss, that's it. Or the all-loving, all-merciful God burns you in hell forever. But it makes a lot more sense that he gives you chance after chance after chance. So with the, these trends in human society, I see there's a very, very bright future. Very mm. bright future for Krishna consciousness. And we have to be, we we're talking about preaching, but I think we also have to be ready for it. Mm. Otherwise, it's just like increasingly in the world, uh, people would be ready for the farm communities that Prabhupada envisaged, but we haven't, we haven't done it. If we had the farm communities as Prabhupada wanted them, just like, I'll give another example. One devotee in America, he, he told me they go to these rainbow gatherings in America mm -hmm. and they make devotees and I, I, I told him, look, look, you organize the farms. You won't have to go anywhere. They'll come to us. People are looking for this. Mm -hmm. there, are, there are a certain class of people who are looking for this. And even without us, they're organizing this kind of community. So Prabhupada actually had all the ideas. but And, and by the distribution of his books, I, I also feel that the intelligent design thing is not unrelated to the distribution of Prabhupada's books. It has a very powerful effect. Just to digress, when I first came to preach in India in the 1970s, there was so much Mayavad. It was very difficult to speak about God as a person. It's very, very difficult. But now it's completely changed. And I put that down to the widespread distribution of Bhagavad Gita as it is. So they are having their effect, but we have to be ready to catch the effect. Hare Krishna. We are... We're preparing the field nicely, mm -hmm. but in many cases we're not ready to take the crop. And then what happens is other people take that up with all their wrong ideas. So we, Goswami Maharaj wanted me to speak about training. Um, general widespread preaching is required, but we also need uh, devotees who, as, as Prabhupada said, he wanted to, the core of Iskon, he wanted to be Brahmins who can be spiritual leaders by their knowledge and by their actual saintliness. They should be very knowledgeable also. And in, in the way that Prabhupada was, he wasn't a, just a book scholar, but how to apply that in practical life. So yeah, that, that doesn't come in one day and it doesn't come just by reading books either. Reading books is, is important. But uh, it may take a lot of experience and to uh, 
to come to that caliber when one can be an actual spiritual leader of society and training. Of course, it's not the experience is a, if that's guided experience that makes a lot of difference. Training is essential, so yeah, that should be there. I'm also attempting to do that uh, in India to train people in the traditional culture within this within the uh, scope of our society. It's very difficult. India has changed so much now. Attitudes have changed so much. We should study Prabhupada's books and see what what he envisaged. Very revolutionary, actually. It won't happen in a day, but Prabhupada's idea was Prabhupada's ideas about education, social setup, is so different from what the modern world has. We should also understand that the modern world, it's, it's temporary. I mean, the way society is, it's just come up in the, in its present form, it's, it's, well, it's difficult to say where the beginning is. We could say, hardly uh, 200 years, yeah, maximum. If you say from the industrial revolution, you yeah, could put it back to the enlightenment. From the enlightenment. But, uh, but even a generation ago, well, of course, in Russia, there was the whole breakdown of the communist society. But, but uh, all over the world, we see that the, the whole world is becoming, following the Western model of roads and cars and big buildings and industrialization. But it's, it's not going to last long. It cannot. The resources mm-hmm. of the world won't support it. There's going to be food problems. It's just... Here in Russia, there are going to be food problems. Already all over the world, the prices of food are spiraling. So within a short time, they, they were the doomsday prophets. They were talking about oil shortages and water shortages. And, but food shortage seems to be the... It's, 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 that's going to come before any of these things. So, yeah, it's a very... Uh, what can we say? It's it's a very uh, just can't think of the word. The world's like a whirlpool, but uh, the way life was traditionally lived turmoil, yeah, tumultuous turmoil. So uh, it's a very disturbed world. And Prabhupada is recommending going back to that traditional culture, but not just any traditional culture, but with the high knowledge of the purpose of life, spiritual purpose of life. So it really requires a lot of training because without, unless we make it very clear to new people who are coming what our aim is and what our position is on various issues, they won't get it. Mm-hmm. And I see in many cases devotees, they, they, they may even do their Bhakti Shastri course and this and that, but basically they're, they're, the values that they imbibed in their youth are, are still basically there. They're still mm-hmm. basically... Uh, Materialists, actually, and and Krishna consciousness, instead of entering their consciousness and becoming their consciousness, it's like an imposition or a covering, and and they and they, what they actually their values and what they think it's 
that hasn't changed. Christian consciousness has become their religion, you could say, just like people become a Christian or a Muslim or something like that. And they have their life and religion is also part of it. So, yeah, we, we need uh, training. First point, what are we here for? Atato Brahma Jignasa. What is that? Kamasya Nindriya Priti. Yavaj Jiveta Yavata. What's that? Jiva. Jivasya Tattva Jignasa. Life should be lived for inquiring into the, the meaning of life. Narto Yasche Karma. Nothing else should be the goal of one's work. So. This search for the, the, for the truth. We have to, we have to find that. We, we don't belong here in this world. We have to be Padma Patram Ivambhasa, like the lotus leaf, in the water but not of it. So this, this vision has to be imparted. We're not so otherworldly that we're running away. We're here in the world but our vision is Om Tad Vishnu Paramam Padam Sada Pashanti Surya, looking up to the spiritual world. Okay, so I did my little speech and you're supposed to ask questions now. If you have any. You're supposed to ask the question. Not no, me. no, no, that's what I'm saying. He's looking to you, but you're supposed to. Мне интересно узнать, какие принципы должны быть в основе Ашана для того, чтобы это не было просто очередной курс Бхакти Шастера, чтобы это преображение происходило, о котором хорошо говорит. No. He's asking what should be the principles and the basis of the training here, so that it doesn't become another Bhakti Shastra course, but the various mm. inside the person. It doesn't become another Bhakti Shastri course. Well, I'm not against. I don't misunderstand. You. I'm not against Bhakti Shastri courses, but it, we're not against them. <laughs> but the perspective. <coughs> You see, what I see is, it seems to me, many devotees, maybe more what we call congregational devotees, they seem to take it up in the same way that they might take up some academic course. That you learn it, and you you regurgitate it in the exam, and you pass. And then now in Bhakti Shastra, like this. Uh, what should be the attitude? Well, it, it requires very much the... Uh, He's asking what should be the foundation. How the foundation can, should, how be, can, should be devotees. The values. Uh, yeah, that requires <coughs> devotees, doesn't it? Devotees who have those values. If we have it, we can give it to others. But if we have it only during the <laughs> teaching time... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those who are teachers, they actually have to be acharyas. The, the the actual system of learning is. I I spoke about this recently in a, in three lectures about the difference between modern education and Vedic education. And one of the major differences is that well, there are many differences. Where did you speak? Where? Where? Uh, once in. Yadgiri Guta near Hyderabad. It's a Narasimha temple is there. 
and then again somewhere in Gujarat, I can't remember where, in Hindi, and then uh, and then in Munich just before I came to Russia, just just a few days ago. It's on the internet. I know I'm so slow in getting my lectures up. I got recordings of them, mm. but what I what I said in Hindi, I said it again more extensively in English. Mm. In Munich. In Munich, yeah. So, an, an important point is that the, the Guru has an ongoing relationship. It, it's, it's a commitment. The Guru gives himself. He wants to, he's personally concerned with the disciple or, or the student. Whereas, it's, modern education is very impersonal. It's just that you come in, it's a job, the teacher comes in, he does his thing. And the students say, just like I left school, and the day I left school, I never saw any of my teachers ever again. And there's no contact with them, nor is it expected. So the, the Guru is very much concerned, and not even knowledge he wants to impart, but it's, it's as Prabhupada said, character training. He, he wants to see the... He, he wants to see, as Prabhupada said, he wants to see that the disciple become better than him. He gives himself, actually. So it's a very... And, and then the, the disciples, they, they discipline. Discipline is required. Unquestioning obedience. Mm. That can only come with great faith, which is difficult to master in the modern age. But the disciples, they live with the Guru. They see who he is. There's no, there's no dichotomy between what the Guru speaks or they, and, and how he, it has to be the same. So they live, they live together. In the, the, uh, in the, in the forest, the Guru would be living with the disciples. Same standard of living. They would serve him. He'd be with them all the time. So we can't, uh, it might, might not be possible to fully replicate that in the modern setting, but we can see the principles. We need more gurus. We need many gurus. But gurus should be trained themselves. Yeah, that's also <laughs> that's also required. And and I mean there are traditionally there are the kind of gurus who travel widely and initiate widely, like Ramanuja was like that, Shankara was like that. Well he didn't initiate so many, but he initiated over a very wide geographical area. Ramanuja initiated many people. Madhavendra Puri, he came initiated Veda Acharya, there's no record of him ever seeing him ever again. So that kind of Parivrajak Acharya is there, but generally Guru meant he would be with a few disciples. So that's needed. And maybe householders also. Traditionally, they, when Krishna in Bhagavatam speaks to Uddhava, he says, He's referring to the, he's describing the brahmachari who's learning from the guru who would be a householder in that traditional model. 
So you have to be ideal, but at the same time, it, 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 uh, with the whole culture was there that uh, Brahmins were worshipable for their qualities. And if we can, Prabhupada wanted to revive that Brahminical culture. If we can do that, that will be a great service. And, and unless we do that, uh, how can we fulfill everything else? So really, the, the, the striving to be ideal. How can we practically do that? Well, it has to begin with ourselves, doesn't it? Hmm? That's what Prabhupada would always say. Has to begin with ourselves. If we set a good example and try to impart this to others, then some people will appreciate and they'll also want to follow that. And that becomes a great responsibility to always act in a way that's ideal. Krishna will help. I have <clears throat> one more question. Hmm. Uh, we live in the modern world and how we can apply... What, what if, sorry? We live in the modern world yeah. and how we can apply the principle of Yukta Vairagya in Brahmacharya because we have uh, some many spheres in life like preaching hmm. and some other things, uh, maintenance of this place. Well, Yukta Vairagya, the, the basic principle is not that difficult. That we live in the world, we use things of the world, but we're not attached to things of the world. So we just use what we need, just like you have computers here. I'm using this recording device. But we don't become enamored by those things. We, we, we use what we need, that's all. Do you have a more, more specific... Hmm? Well, that that requires again that you have to the the individual has to be uh, Krishna conscious. If he's a, if he's attracted to machines and technology for the sake of it, that's not very Krishna conscious, is it? There's no point in getting some super machine that we don't need. Just stick to the minimum. It would be good, also. I mean, alongside city preaching, yeah, the modern way of life is very hi-fi, technological, but it is good also to establish these uh, village communes as Prabhupada wanted and, and then and live as simply as possible there as Vidya Pona Maharaj is doing in Mayapur. No electricity. It's tough in Russia. It's cold and dark. <laughs> but Prabhupada wanted that in America. The electricity to, to heat it up. Well, Prabhupada wanted that in America. He told the devotee in... Uh, and these people are living like they're this living in America. They're living like that for years. And, and we're next door to them. There, I recently got an article on the internet. Somebody sent it to me, somebody worried that uh, they're increasing. The population of Amish is just... I mean, people growing. are joining and becoming Amish? No, I think they're growing. In the Their sense. own population is yeah, growing. But, it's they not, keep, mm. but they keep the standards, very strict standards. Mm. Extremely strict standards. Yeah, you can do it. Amish, 
The, the, this is a German group, a small German group, who don't use any electricity, who only... German means they were in Germany two, originally, two, 200 yeah, years ago or something. From Germany. <laughs> they emigrated to America. <laughs> only 5,000 of them, there is, you know, 100, 140,000 of them now living. They have very high standards, well, very simple standards. They don't use cars, they don't use electricity, they plow with they're the Christian. horses. Their basis is they're Christian. And um, they have different communities now. They're expanding. They live near Gitanagari. That's uh-huh. where the devotees got, you know, some exposure. Yes, they're growing. I, I, I can send you the article. Avichandra uh, Maharaj sent the article to me hmm. about this. Also. It's growing. Okay. How can we inspire the devotees to live in such communities? Us, I mean, how can we, the Brahmacharyas, inspire the... Well, uh, ourselves live simply, preach about it and, and live it and be convinced about it. <coughs> and gradually some people will hear. That's my own experience. I mean, I'm running around on trains and planes and using all modern facilities, but at the same... It, uh, the Prabhupada gave that example, we use the, the wood to make a handle for the axe to cut the tree. Mm. Right? So, um, I'm preach- I've been preaching at this for years, and gradually, some people are thinking, oh, okay, all right, all right, we need to live differently, and they're, they're making communities. It's, it's beginning, at least. Live it, as, believe it, and inspire others. This book, Glimpses of Traditional Indian Life, by reading that, some people decided, okay, that's how I want to live, and they're, they're doing that as, as far as they can within the modern age. So, yeah, how did Prabhupada get people to do anything that we're doing now? He lived it and preached it. And there is an, there is an experience there which is uh, relishable, so that when people experience that, they don't want to go back to, to the hellish life. Which is modern city life is hellish, horrible. Bhaktira Samrita Maharaj, who is former Devamrita, uh, he told me that they have a farm somewhere in Andhra where there's not even, definitely not electricity, nothing is there. Just who has a farm? In uh, Andhra Pradesh? Or no, no, he has his project that's in Karnataka, yeah. near Belgium. Near yeah, 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 somewhere in the jungles. Yeah, yeah. There's no electricity, nothing is there. He said some city boys went there, they, they don't want to leave this place. They love it so yeah, much. Yeah, Madhava's heading it up. He's yeah, double MSC. And yeah. He's been living there for years. So he said, Madhava, his analysis is that physically it's austere, but mentally it's so much better. You feel so much more peaceful, and you don't even realize until you go to the city back again how how much you benefit from living there. In Dobramush, which is a village being repopulated by devotees in Tatarstan, more and more devotees are living there now. And once they've been there for some time, they just don't want to. They don't want to go back to the city. It's the stress, the strain, the impersonalism. I just don't want to go back to that. <clears throat> so, yeah, you have to convince people that uh, that uh, it may take some time. But 
It's not good for your Krishna consciousness. This, this whole way of life, working all the time in the association of non-devotees, imbibing their attitudes, having to listen to their nonsense talk, no, no proper time for sadhana or association. If you live in the village, okay, it's difficult in some ways, but on the other hand, you get association with devotees all the time. And you can have, uh, actually in Russia in the winter especially, it's like the Chaturmas in India. <laughs> it's, you, you get more time for hearing and Sastimas. You get, Saptamas. You get time for hearing and chanting. So yeah, you have to come, it requires a lot of preaching. You can't expect people, you just walk up to someone and say, hey, uh, you should go and live in the village. They're not going to do it. But you have to, it requires repeated preaching of how modern society is a failure. It, it's failed to deliver happiness. It, it, uh, or even security. People can't, people living in this Moscow, they have to put double locks and keep big dogs and all kinds of things. Walking on the street, you can be attacked anytime. In so many ways, there's so many bad things about modern life. For your children, that's a very strong one. You want to bring them up in this society? Actually, many of them do, but you have to disabuse them of their misconceptions. Many of our devotees are in the illusion that actually modern society is quite good. It's a big illusion. You have to preach against it. And then gradually some will come to accept that. Especially if, again, if we ourselves lead an ideal life in Krishna consciousness, then people will uh, tend to have, at least some people will have some faith in that. Yeah. <laughs> More question. Now we maintain our ashram uh, by selling prasad we cook here mm -hmm. and offer it with preparations to Gornitai and then sell it in cafe in a uh, temple. Mm -hmm. And um, that's enough to maintain the whole ashram. No, it's not enough, but it's it it's a good part. part it's a good part of it. That's and good. We discussed uh, we discuss this point and we have uh, some plans to develop this thing so we can mm -hmm. Um, some other, uh, other places where we can see Prasad we can open and we have doubt that how it's relate with Brahminical standards or such Selling things. Prasad is fine mm. in Puri that standard that was there at the time of Chaitanya <laughs> Mahaprabhu <laughs> and for Brahmacharis like it's, yeah, Brahmacharis traditionally they beg but <laughs> that's not going to work here now is it so it's practical. Yeah. It's practical. Um, the same time, you have to be a little careful that you don't just... See, what often happens is the idea is that we, we're collecting money so that we can study. preach, in your case, study. But what often happens is that our preaching becomes only collecting. I mean, the purpose gets lost. We just mm -hmm. spend all our energy just. Mm -hmm. We just spend, then our preaching becomes collecting. In India, when they introduce this devotee as a preacher, you know he's someone who goes out and collects money. That's what they call a preacher. 
<laughs> so successful. <laughs> yeah, he's a good preacher. A good preacher. So, and then you can't preach. Yeah, we're collecting so that we can preach, but we can't preach because we have to collect. You can't actually speak the message of Bhagavad Gita and tell people this whole society is... is a you, you, you can't tell them that, but you have, to, you have to flatter them and take their money. So the whole purpose gets lost. So you could probably expand and expand and have factories <laughs> producing facadam and this and that. Better if the Grihastas could support this, actually. Mm. But then you have to give back mm-hmm. to them. You have to give programs to them. Yeah, the idea was to increase the preaching. Instead of paying $2,000 a month for that plush apartment, which is hard to use, they, they, only... and they, they just want this. What can we do? It's the, their yeah, idea it's of Guru Seva, is it? It's their idea. Yeah. Their exclusiveness. Anyway, what can we do with this? But, you know, there is, I, I think there is only half. Half of the money comes through the prasad themselves, and half of the money comes through donations. But mostly through deep donations, mm-hmm. you know, small mm-hmm. donations. If you develop preaching, it will come. Yeah. If we preach about this, the last question because we have to go. Then we must not remember the last question. No, it's more You didn't ask. But it's more important, his questions are more important. Okay. <coughs> if you think so. <coughs> Maybe it's your humility. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure that it's his humility. Um, we have school here. I mean, the devotees come here for some period of time and then mm-hmm. they have to leave. <coughs> and um, after, when... Um, so when they graduate the session, we have to give them uh, some recommendations to their life. And by what criteria we can understand that for this devotee it's better to take Grihas Hashem, for example, or um, for him, it's better to stay brahmacharya like this in, in other ashram because here is, there is school. Some of them will go to Grihas Hashem, some will, some of them will go to other ashrams. So, by what criteria we can understand? Well, we can we can see if someone's not. It's often easier to see if people are not fit for brahmacharya life. Mm. It's often if someone they. Uh, they have difficulty surrendering to authorities, they're not going to be a good brahmachari. Mm. Or if they're, um, they're lazy in spiritual practices, overly inclined to sense enjoyment. Of course, brahmacharis don't get much sense enjoyment. Uh, yeah, if they're not very serious, they may have to be grihastas. Even some devotees who are serious, they also have to. It may take some time to see. Maybe astrology also. That's also possible. Uh, probably most devotees will be pastors that we know. Although in Russia there is um, a, 
a culture of that's already developed from the beginning, a culture of that there are some brahmacharis who remain lifelong brahmacharis. Like Ambarish, for example. Mm. So that's very good. That gives good hope for others. It's not there in Western Europe or America. Hardly there are any brahmacharis. And often the well, hardly any, but those that are, sometimes they're like ghostly kind of figures who no woman would marry anyway. <laughs> but, so, so uh, yeah, there is this good spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they reckon if you're a Brahma, you know, and you should either get married or take sannyas. If you're a Brahmachari, then you're just useless. Sometimes the thought is there. So, uh, in general, I would always recommend, if you want to be a Brahma, yeah, better stay a Brahmachari. If you've got that idea, you've got this rare human form of life you want to perform, then better stay as a Brahmachari. Some people, they're not uh, fit for that, we could say, or ready for that, and they, they need to get... What do you think about the principle of life, lifelong Brahmacharinis? Because sometimes... Principle ladies, of lifelong Brahmacharinis? Does it exist? Is it... Is it Possible in principle, because, you know... Is it possible in principle? Yes. Prabhupada said about, he said about the nuns, Mm -hmm. he was asked about this, he said they should have their own, let's say, Yamuna and Dina Tarani, he said they should have their own ashram, just keep it very simple, don't preach. No man there. Yeah. Should be a very withdrawn... Don't preach. Yeah. Don't do anything big, don't try to do anything big. But we see, as in the maybe more so than in the case of brahmacharis, women who say they're going to remain unmarried, they uh, they usually get married. They're there are the first some candidates cases. to get married. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, women also, they have very with the body comes a very very strong psychological need to have children, and to, the, the need that they feel they need to be protected. And they have so many hormonal changes in their body. If they don't give birth to children, they actually they're more likely to get cancer, breast cancer, and uh, gyne- gynecological. What's that called? Gynecological. Gynecological cancer. So. Mental problems. Mental problems. Yeah, they have more. They tend to, in this very disturbed age, women tend to have more. Mental problems. So on the whole, they should get married. I'm in favor of polygamy if we can find anyone who's responsible enough for that. Because there are many women who come to Krishna consciousness, and I think some of our householders should take more than one wife just as a, as a to help the women. But it's not a popular idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, the danger is that people may take it the wrong. But the thing is that people, if they're just it's simply going to be recorded, no, I don't mind. I don't mind if it's recorded. I don't mind. The thing is, I, I'm not. I don't think that people will join our society just to be lusty. Because if they're just lusty, they don't have to get married at all. We can see men who are responsible. They can do that. It's a very difficult age. It's it's a very big challenge to take up what Prabhupada's mission. But we shouldn't leave it. We shouldn't just make Krishna consciousness like a religion. 
to actually take up Prabhupada's mission is a very great challenge to us as individuals and as a society. It's a very great order he's given us. It's not at all easy in the modern world to to live as a devotee and, and to try to establish that culture. But that's our that's the task that's given us and Param Vijayate Sri Krishna Sankirtanam. Krishnaama hoite hobe shongshamoja. What is that? Krishnaama hoite hobe shongshamoja. Krishna mantra. Krishna mantra. Krishna mantra. I'm thinking of another. Kali kale nam rupe Krishna avatar. Nam hoite hoi sarva jagate nishta. That's what I'm thinking of. The whole world can be saved by Krishna nam. So, the best we can do is not stand in the way of the mercy if we can become conduits for that mercy that will be our success okay Hare Krishna thank you for engaging me thank you very much for speaking something that might be wonderful but yeah understand what is Prabhupada's mission and live by that don't it's so much easier just to Practice Krishna consciousness in a kind of non-committal way, but the the vision to change the world that is required. It's not going to change in a day. It, we what we're doing now may be setting the basis for some generations to come, or it may happen very quickly. We don't know. Prabhupada very quickly. So many people took up Krishna consciousness when Prabhupada went to the West. It may be that at some point. Very quickly, many people will take up Krishna consciousness very seriously. The whole culture may change, like I was saying with the uh, 